Happy New Year, everyone. Our first episode for the new year is another game club. And this time it's the turn of sci-fi real-time strategy game, Ashes of the Singularity Escalation. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Gelada. And I'm Severin. And it's time for another Game Club episode. Yeah. I like the Game Club episodes. I, I do as well, very much. Because there's so much more of just a chat rather than like a discussion yeah. or like a breakdown or something. So we can kind of just bounce off of what each other has said and it yeah. makes it much more agreed and also you know we've had some good reception from them as well and people have said that they've enjoyed them so you know we're always looking to do the things that people like (laughs) rather than the things people dislike don't want to do anything that people dislike no absolutely and uh yeah the last game club that we did episode 53 um that was the one where tony came on and we talked about hollow Knight, and that Mm -hmm. was a lot of fun Uh, and this time we're talking about a game that's been out for quite a while uh, and it's called ashes of the singularity escalation and it's a real-time strategy game. And I can't remember how, where the, where the conversation started, where we were like, oh, let's do that as a game club. I think it was, was it that it well, was... Well, it was my suggestion. Yeah. Because I was looking off, like through our list of games on Steam, you know, the usual backlog of games that you buy years later and you mm. still not played them. And I know that it was one of the ones that you'd mentioned a few times, like, oh, I quite like the idea of that because it's similar to a sort of the sort of games that we've played in the past, uh, which we'll come on to in a bit. And I was like, well, I've never played it. And I know you said you've either never played or you've played it like such a tiny amount. You basically haven't either. So it would make up for a good game club episode because it's also something a little bit off the beat track sort of thing for most people. Mm. Um, Like it isn't like a well-known title um, in the same sense of like a a big AAA release sort of thing. I think it also came on offer um, on Steam and it it was on my wish list to sort of pick up. But I'd always been waiting until it really dropped in price because I wasn't super keen. And I think I saw that it was on offer. And so uh, that was where the discussion started of like, oh, maybe that would be a good uh, game club episode. And yeah, it's it's got a long title, right? Ashes of the Singularity Escalation. Um, yeah. And that's the because, unnecessary subtitle. Yeah. And uh, it's a standalone expansion. So I kind of see that as it's the game that they were meant to do in the first place. <laughs> That's usually what happens with that. There's no reason to play the other one because it's it's not a standalone expansion in the style of the early Dawn of War games where if you buy this one, you can only play the expansion content. That's not yeah. the case. It's like the game, the original game, Ashes of the Singularity, plus the extra content and fixes and improvements. And there were only a few months between them. The first Ashes of the Singularity came out in March 2016. And then I was going to say as well, with it being 2016, it's not like they could have just done DLC as no. well. So if, if it was going to be like, it's just an expansion pack, you know, with like new maps, new modes, that sort of thing, they could have just had it as part of a DLC package where you just pay like, I don't know, an extra 10, 15 quid for it rather than it being a different game, essentially. Certainly a weird choice. Um, but nonetheless, you know, once you wait uh, three years, then it doesn't it doesn't really matter anymore because it's cheap. Yeah. And it's made by a company called Stardock. They've been going for over 25 years now. When they started, they actually used to make games for 
the operating system OS2, which was the <laughs> operating system made by IBM. This is sort of back in the days when IBM was still part of the war of like PCs, Microsoft and IBM sort of like at each other's throats. Uh, and they used, yeah, they used to make software for OS2, which is really interesting. And if you don't, if you don't know anything about OS2, you should look it up and find out and just like, look at some screenshots. Have a laugh. <laughs> of like the different style of what like using a pc could have been like if os2 had been successful and they also make a lot of and still do software for customizing windows like i always remember them from early days of being like a pc owner of like them making software like object desktop and window blinds and they let you like customize your pc which when you're a teenager and you've got a computer and your friends do like customizing it to look cool and look different to everyone else's it's like a just a classic like individuality thing that you do as a nerd <laughs> even though it made your pc run significantly less yeah sweet <laughs> it was terrible it was buggy and like broken um, but you still did it anyway and you put up with it because it looked cool <laughs> and then you post screenshot of a look at this cool yep. thing that i found then really we're just showing on off, like, like deviant awesome. or neo exactly or something. <laughs> But what a strange uh, pedigree for the game to have. I know, right? But they've also made some other games as well. Things like Galactic Civilizations, which Mm. is actually a very long-standing series from Stardog. Sins of a Solar Empire and Offworld Trading Company. And there's a a big theme here. You can tell just from the names, which is that a lot of these are sci-fi based and a lot of them are strategy based. Sins of a Solar Empire, for example, is a 4X game, I think, like a big turn-based Yes. sort of like turn-based hybrid off-world trading company is kind of like a sim city sort of but but space and most of their games are average right like like yeah i don't mean that in a mean way but no game from stardock has really truly Knocked stood it out, the out or one or no. you know been exceptional it'll receive good reviews from certain places like if if a game particularly resonates with someone then they're really good so they're almost I guess in a way you could kind of think of them as quite niche games because I think that there are people that really enjoy them. But from an objective point of view, they're fairly average. I'd say that's the perfect kind of inroad to the game we're talking about today, which is Ashes, in that that's exactly what I think the audience for this game is. I think it's a very niche audience. So if this is the kind of game that you want, then it's perfect for right. you. And they've really catered for that audience perfectly like and brilliantly well. But that audience isn't massive. Mm. So it doesn't hit a very broad range of people. I agree. I don't think that any of Stardock's games have particularly universal appeal. But Ashes of the Singularity is a little bit different to their other games in that it's real-time. It's a real-time strategy game rather than a turn-based strategy game. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with the the strategy game scene, then my summary of Ashes is it's Supreme Commander meets Dawn of War or Supreme Commander yeah. meets Company of Heroes. Yeah, because it's that, it's, that's my number two and number three line on my notes. <laughs> it's 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 like DOW and it heavily reminds me of Subcom. Yeah, absolutely. So it's another sci-fi game. It's is real time and you got the scale of supreme commander right in that you have lots of units it has a cool like strategic zoom um, option where you like zoom out of the map and you can see a sort of 2d overview of the map but then it has the control point capturing and sort of like choke point focusing 
aspects of things like Dawn of War and Company of Heroes. And that's sort of, and I say Dawn of War and Company of Heroes, but actually most like modern real-time strategy games now all really employ, and we've talked about this before, that like using objectives to focus a skirmish into a particular area to make the game dramatic absolutely and then they play that into the resources of the game as well most of the time now more and more strategy games are trying to focus on the actual interesting aspect which is the combat or rather when i say strategy games i mean sort of like the real-time strategy like war simulator as it were as opposed to like a strategy game like say you know sim city or something yeah and the way they work it is that if you are aggressive and you push these resource points and these strategic points which you need to win the game you also get more resources so it encourages you to fight over these things rather than say turtling up in your little area making it very difficult someone to just crack your shell as it were it removes the busy work. Yeah, exactly, it does. And you can't turtle up because you have to expand out into the map. Otherwise you lose. It's as simple as that. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting because I'm going to go on to some of the more things that I think about the game specifically after this. But to me, Ashes is a game which feels like an alternate timeline of where strategy games could have gone, right? <laughs> because you look at sort of like the the splitting point of strategy games were things like Age of Empires 2, okay? Mm. That was... That has a lot of similarities to this game in that it's about using a lot of units, okay? Because AOE 2, you, you control, you know, like a 100-plus unit army sort of thing yeah. rather than squads of armies like you do in kind of smaller RTS games like you have in things like Dawn of War, for example. Yeah. I'm just using that as the example because it's the one that I know the best. But, I mean, even StarCraft, for example, right? StarCraft is a small-scale sure. RTS, and and then it also had like the resource management things as well, where you had to gather gold and food and wood and stone. And then it feels like the strategy genre went off one direction, things like Dawn of War, Company of Heroes, where it was like one resource, maybe two resources, fight over control points. And then this sort of like went the other way, but still halfway the same way as everything else. And that it went along with the idea of having simple resources and choke points which is a little bit more modern but then it was like but what if we keep the grand scale of units and the idea of like just pumping out endless units for this fight rather than it being about like individual movements of an individual squad or units around like an area yeah so it it feels like almost like a fan fiction of what would have happened if things had gone (laughs) differently that's really interesting yeah i know exactly what you mean i think that the key thing the key difference between this and and sort of yeah things like starcraft or or a lot of other modern strategy games is that the gameplay is still very macro right like it's still there's actually really no micro in ashes there's no no micro controlling of of units because or at least from what i can tell from the level of play that i've got to because just the way the units move for a start like there's just not the responsiveness that you would need for for micro it definitely shares you know a lot with supreme commander in that respect in that that was also um very sort of like you're ordering a unit to move somewhere you're not controlling that unit to move somewhere you know you sort of like you tell it to move somewhere and then you look away (laughs) while it moves there basically yeah i mean one of the things that i've put on here one of the things that I like is the units have a, like no clip, so they don't interact yeah. with each other physically, which is very important because with the amount of units that can get on the map at one point, especially in the choke points, because the choke points are exactly that. They are quite small areas. 
it can get very busy and yeah. very like difficult to move. So pathing's never an issue. So when you tell a unit to go somewhere, it does just go there, which yeah. is good. That's true. The other side of that, and this is sort of where I starting. I imagine we'll start to to differ in our opinions a little bit. <laughs> it makes it very difficult to maneuver those units, and mm. like you say, the game isn't a micro game. You're not supposed to be like you know ordering one unit around like at like a sixty clicks per second sort of thing or whatever. Mm. Um, you're supposed to be sort of like going, well, these units go this way and then defend this point while I push this point sort of thing. But one of the problems I had, and I I almost certainly played it less than you did, but there's all these different units with all these different strengths and weaknesses which is great because that's a strategy game right you have to decide what you build and what order you build and things like that but it's very difficult i found at least anyway to maneuver units in such a way to make use of that so for example like you yeah. had access to say screening units for smaller units like your you is it your cruisers i think that had like they be able to take out like smaller frigate type units mm. or the other way around and then they would sort of be in front and they would make sure they take the brunt of the blows while like your your heavier longer range stuff stayed at the back but because it's so difficult to control units, even groups of units, to be in the right positions at the right times, they all just kind of like blob up together and start shooting. And it made it feel like I was so much less involved in the strategy of where I was moving my units to and what I was trying to get them to accomplish other than just throwing them into the meat grinder. Yeah, I know what you mean. What I found was that I find with games like this, the units in the same class, like the site, the unit size, like they don't feel that different, right? So maybe you've got like three or four small units that you can build and three or four medium sized units that you can build or whatever. The smalls feel different to the mediums and the large or whatever, but they don't feel within their own class. They don't feel that mm. different. And so I found that it was generally a case of like having a balance of all of them was good rather than sort of picking any particular ones. And then they, it does have, Ashes has like a create army option, which sort of groups units up so you can control them as a as a single entity. And that just, I guess, gives you the, gives you the kind of, sends the signal that you're not supposed to control sort of like individual chunks of units. You're probably meant to be controlling, you know, with one click, you select 50 units. And yeah. then the game tries to arrange those units how it thinks will work like for example if you've got a dreadnought and i'll come on to dreadnoughts in a minute it'll place that strategically where your your cruisers and your smaller ships will be surrounding that that larger dreadnought and if it's an artillery based dreadnought it'll stick to the back of the army and stuff like that so the game sort of tries to do stuff to help you with that because yeah you can't do it yourself like it's just not a game the kind of game that supports you controlling your units to be like oh well i want these ones at the back on the right and these ones you know sort of at the front and stuff like that it, and they're all you're not really even controlling which units they're attacking to some extent you know you're no. not you can focus fire but i quite like that macro style gameplay you know i don't really want to focus on moving individual units around i quite like the like bigger picture style of this particular sort of real-time strategy game where you know you're thinking more about oh well i want this group of units which i've balanced reasonably well to go here and maybe this one to come and sort of close off a different choke point and stuff like that and something that i really like from a management point of view and I swear that every time I play a real-time strategy game, I always think, why do these games not include it? And only some real-time strategy games do, and Ashes is one of them, is the ability to select an army in the field and queue up units to build for right. that army. That's super interesting you bring that up because that was the point I was going to bring up when you mentioned the army's function. 
because I feel very strongly about this. Mm-hmm. So I was using armies like you and I like the fact that I could kind of press a button and I can group all these units together and click on one of them and I can control all of them. But if I lose half of the units within an army, like maybe use like half of my heavier guys at the front who are supposed to be taking the brunt of it and I want to reinforce them, I have to reform the army. No, There's no you, way of... If you reinforce from the army, it just adds them to the army. I didn't think you could reinforce from the army specifically. Uh, so the way that it works in Ashes, and this is perhaps a little bit more frustrating, is if you have a dreadnought in the army, oh, okay. then you're allowed to reinforce from the army. And I'm like, that right. is like su- that's such a stupid, random restriction. Because I didn't get to the point where I was using dreadnoughts in fairness, uh, so that's why I didn't find that out. Because one of the problems I was having was I was playing and I had all my factories back at my main area, yeah, as it were. Yeah. And I was had them pumping out units, but then they'd trickle in, obviously, and they'd get there and then they'd just be sat there right. not doing anything and have to kind of reform everything. And it just felt like a lot of busy work. And I, I was thinking, why don't they just do what... And again, I keep bringing up the, the comparison. Why don't they just do what Dawn of War did and have the ability to just press plus button on 100%. units when they die? So what I think they should have done in this is I don't think they should have made it so that you have to have a Dreadnought in your army to reinforce. You should have just been able to reinforce any army. Or... Yeah rally a factory on a group and say this factory is reinforcing this group oh that's exactly it i tried i I, I I selected the army that i had or rather sorry i selected the factory i had and i right clicked on the army assuming it would like set the army as the rally point and they would just automatically join that army as they trickled in which would make so much more sense but nothing happened and i looked it up and no no one like said you could do that either and it was super frustrating and this is actually it's a really good point talking about micro versus macro is that the fact that you have to like manually reinforce and sort of keep track of the rally points for your factories is a very micro managing style, like real time strategy game style, right? Very Starcraft 2, for example. But the game is not a micro managing real time strategy game, it's a macro game. And they've just missed a few. I completely agree with you, like one, like a thousand percent. They have missed a few tricks to really make the game feel smooth and to really encourage you to play the game how they want you to, which is that sort of very macro focused. They're just missing a few things, but they've mostly got it, in my opinion. Like of all the real-time strategy games I've played, Ashes has done a really great job. And and I I swear every real-time strategy game always misses a few quality of life things that you're like, why did you not notice that you you Mm. should have made it so that you can reinforce easier? Or, you know, when you click and drag a square to select a bunch of units and then it selects like the army and like the non-army units, like old school RTS style. And most games don't do that anymore, including Ashes. But, you know, like things like that where you're like, why? Why have you made this... (laughs) Why have you made it's this su- like it's this? super frustrating. There's so many aspects of the game that you just that adds to the busyness of everything, yeah. and like you say, adds to the micro elements of it, which led me to make me think that it's a grand strategy size game. You know, you're controlling hundreds of units at a time, mm. but yet it, it's very reactionary and less methodical. Yeah. It's less about setting up a strategy and letting that strategy play out as you being sort of the the armchair general, and more about this happening over there. I have to quickly redo all these things, you know, move these over here, reform this unit, upgrade this thing to do that, you know, which is kind of odd because that's more of the thing that you'd expect from a micro style game, like your Starcraft, like your Dawn of Wars, you know? That's true. It's interesting, like uh, you mentioned, you didn't get onto playing around with Dreadnoughts. So in Ashes, there are, I think, 
thinking about land units for a moment because the air units are garbage air units are always garbage in strategy games and ashes is no exception (laughs) um the land units i think there are three sizes of land units basically there's there's like a like the tiny like single unit type things there's cruisers which are sort of slightly bigger and i think there are maybe six six or seven different types of cruiser and then you have and then you have the dreadnoughts and the dreadnoughts have like a particular specialty like i think there's maybe four or five and so you might have one dreadnought that's great at killing other dreadnoughts one dreadnought that's great at killing other cruisers one dreadnought that's like a moving artillery base um and stuff like that and they really make the warfare in ashes Mm. they are really key because first of all they enable that reinforcing mechanic and the ability Mm. to actually queue up units for your armies which is essential and should be there from the word go but also they actually give you a little bit more ability to sort of have a bit of a strategy like you might yeah, say customize okay, well, and focus yeah i'm gonna like really like i really like the artillery dreadnoughts so i'm gonna make sure i have more than you know i'm gonna try and like that's gonna be the first one i build right and that pretty much you know you build a dreadnought and then you form an army around that and so that's mm. then like the focus of that set of units is is really around what does that dreadnought do um and so i found that really enjoyable uh, and it reminded me it's something that Supreme Commander struggled with because Supreme Commander had like mega units, right? Like massive um, motherships and stuff like that. But they were always too big and too unobtainable. Yeah. Whereas actually... Yeah, in- they, they had to play like an hour's worth of gameplay to get the resources to build right. it. And then when it did build, you'd either basically already won or you weren't going to win at all yeah. ever. Whereas in Ashes, you can really quickly rush through the like phases of things that you can build to start queuing up that dreadnought because they take a long Mm. time to build right so you know you can actually get there within the first few minutes of the game and you know of a normal skirmish and actually start building a dreadnought so i quite like that that they don't save those huge units until the very end um if you want to really like go for those so i do like that they have the sort of different sized units and the dreadnoughts in particular my criticism there would be that if the focus is on the dreadnoughts, because I'm remiss that I didn't get a chance to play with them then, because I didn't use the skirmish mode, I did the campaign mode. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, which I guess maybe doesn't introduce them to later on, which I didn't get a chance to play. Then maybe have that as your starting base. Like your base unit is a dreadnought. That's a good right? cool idea. And then yeah. you can your base moves around, or maybe it has to like stay within like the control zones that you control, so you can't just kind of like plow it into your enemy's yeah, area straight yeah. away. And that way you're immediately playing with the mechanics that they've kind of designed the rest of the game around. Because it feels like then the static base idea, the the nexus, I think they call it, it almost feels like a bit of a throwaway, unimportant aspect of a game's gone by now. Agreed. Like a core base. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe again, just something else that they miss that they they could have done differently to make the game more unique and more of what they were trying to do with it in the first place. I agree. And also because I really like the, like you said earlier, the fact that the resources are tied to the objectives. I don't, there are three resources in Ashes. There's power, radioactive and quanta. I think they probably could have done away with at least one of those because it feels a bit weird to have both power and radiation or whatever it is, Mm. like or metal and radiation or whatever it is. um, Because they're just two different types of resource that you use to build stuff and different control points have different, 
you know, like give you different resource. And then Quanta, yeah. you just have to build stuff for. And that's the sort of resource that they that you can use to kind of upgrade your civilization, if you like. Yes. The one that like you can use to have more units at once or have like special things that you can cool down. Yeah, and I no. never use that. I like very rarely did I use the like cool down a you know, orbital scan or whatever. Like, I feel like they just kind of chucked that in because they felt like they needed to. And I think the game would have been better if it had been focused to not have that. That's interesting that you say about the multiple resources. Because basically what you were describing is like one's used to build things, one's used to upgrade things. And I'm sorry to keep making the comparison, but that's exactly what Dawn of War does. Right. Like it yeah, has yeah, yeah. its requisition points from the objectives that you capture and then it has its power yeah. and you build power just from buildings and the power is used to upgrade things and build sort of more specialized yeah. units rather than just build you your chunk of your army they basically only needed two resources yeah. like upgrade and and put and build production yeah because one of the problems that i have with ashes is that it's quite difficult to get out of an imbalanced economy like mm. they have the what I really like is they have that sort of Rise of Nations style or like Rise of Nations crossed with Supreme Commander style. Yeah, um, the streaming resources. Yeah, like your resources are always coming in at a steady, predictable rate. And then your resources are being consumed at a certain rate based on what are you building? What are you, you know, what are your engineers building? What buildings are they yeah. making and stuff like that? The problem is, is that if one of them hits zero... If you've got a lot of stuff queued up and you've got no resources, it's really difficult to be like, crap, I need to like go around my factories and pause everything and then like yeah, find that, build the, find that yeah. one engineer that is building that like resource hungry thing and stop them from doing it. Otherwise, everything slows to a crawl and that can be quite difficult to recover from. Hmm. And then part of the reason why that happens is if your enemy takes a control point, right? Like if the opponent takes a control point away, then obviously you lose resources, which imbalances your economy. But then you've got two different resources that are imbalanced. So I've played so many games where I've got like max power, max um, metal, sorry, like no problem with resource number one. But then resource number two is at zero because I've just I've had my, you know, one or two radioactive control points taken away from me. Yeah. And then everything slows to a crawl and you're like, well, like I can't build anything. I can't get anywhere. And but I've got loads of control points, just not the ones that I need. That just feels like a little bit unnecessarily complex. It's nice that they remove the need to gather resources. Like I, I never enjoyed that in more modern RTS games. Like that's sort of more of an old AOE two style of gameplay yeah. with the idea of gathering like six different resources. And I'm glad that they've done away with that. But then they've made it sort of like less intuitive as a result by adding too much and having it so that when you don't lose a point, you kind of struggle to get you back on your feet like that's the time when you need to be reacting the most to a combat situation not going around micromanaging your production yeah so I, exactly the game is is very polarizing in so many ways i can see why it's loved and i can see it being what i've said is it's very it's a streamlined version of a game that there's going to be a lot of people that will like but it also has so many sort of little flaws and bugs even for that that just i can't get past i really liked it but that's because I, I am a big fan of real-time strategy games. You know, that's what I cut my teeth on as an early PC gamer was, you know, Age of Empires 2, basically. Hmm. Objectively, the game needs focus. It's it's a classic example of a game that has a few too many mechanics going on and a hmm. few too many things. And sometimes that works well. I've actually written down here that I really like that there are lots of mechanics in terms of 
Uh, I like that there's like artillery and radar and, you know, there's sort of a a bunch of different things there that actually gives you genuine sort of alternate approaches to how you plan your strategy of of, of winning and sort of like where you want to focus your attention. But at the same time, there's a lot of crufty mechanics as well, like two resources and, you know, like things that you can sort of powers that you can do, quite frankly, the air in the game, like the light air in particular, is just terrible. Like it ruins mm. the strategic view because they're f- zooming around like little gnats on your strategic view. Yeah, it's hard view. to see what's where. Um, and it just never works. Like heavy air, fine, because they just float. But light air that like is doing sorties, like no one has ever solved that, right? I remember Rise of Nations you had where you had the like little airstrips and you could like yeah. cool them out. It's just, it just never works. <laughs> like unless they can hover, it's not a thing. <laughs> No, it's very difficult. Air units are difficult to get right, I agree. Because um, if they hover, then they're basically just regular ground vehicles that aren't on the ground, though. So, yeah, it's difficult. Like, like, right? Yeah, why bother in the first place? Just make it another ground unit. You know, but it, I think, it, yeah, it, it needs focus. It needs more focus on the fact that it is a macro gameplay style game. And I don't, I like the, you know, you might be fighting on a bunch of fronts and you've got loads of things to keep up with, but make me keep up with them on a macro scale. Don't yeah. make me keep up with them on a micro scale of like, oh, but I need to like build an, a generator on this on this control point because it needs upgrading so that it gets me more resources. And oh, yeah. that's been destroyed and I didn't realize. And so now I need to go and rebuild it with an engineer. Like It pulls you away from the action. Yeah. And the whole point of the game is to focus. It's very obviously a combat focused strategy right. game. And the, and the combat if looks great was, as well. It does. Like, it looks really fun. It's very um, varied with all the different cool like, particle effects and the different, like, attack patterns that you have. But if the game was supposed to be sort of like this more broad strategy game, like where you had to control an economy or you had to control, I don't know, maybe just base building in general, that was actually a thing you need to take into consideration. I wouldn't mind it as much, but it's not. The game is very obviously focused on the combat and nothing else, as proven by the fact that the resource points can be taken by your combat units. You don't have to like b- bring in engineers to like no, build yeah. something specifically on them. You just take them. I know you have to build the, the generator points again, but you know, for the most part, it's it's all about like, right, we've done this resource point, move on to the next one with the same army sort of thing. So don't take me away from that. Let me focus yeah. on that. Once my base is up and running in the back, the only air, only base areas I should be considering with is the new resource points I've just captured, and that's it. Yeah, you almost don't even want to have to really worry too much about base building, and you want to focus on that high-level strategy of sort of calling units in and you know focusing on the shape of your army and the direction that they're going and stuff like that. And yeah. I think there's a little bit too... There is there is too much fiddly stuff in Ashes that it could probably do without. I've I've had to skip two entire sections of my notes as well because we've ended up talking about the gameplay a lot more than I anticipated. <laughs> I, I won't go into it, but one one of the things I was going to talk about was like the technical side of the game, the way it looks and sounds and everything. Oh yeah, and then the other one was also the the single player sort of like story level campaign of things. Right. My quick thoughts on those Go were that the the game looks fine, but doesn't look incredible. No, agreed, yeah. And I think that's probably to account for the massive numbers of units and interactions going on on the screen at once. Definitely. I also think that the units all look the same. Like, there's, it's very difficult. There's not really a lot of visual identity between the no. units apart from the Dreadnoughts, but even then they don't look that different. And that's sort of... It's got that, like, classic muddy, grey sci-fi aesthetic. 
<laughs> it's just very uninspired art direction. Mm-hmm. Nothing looks very standout. Nothing looks very obviously different. Right. Compared um, to the StarCraft, sound is exactly the same as well. Yeah, uh, with StarCraft, like all the three factions look very different. Right. And even within the factions, you can tell what's a Marine and what's a Firebat, yeah, you know, yeah, or yeah. what's a Zerg and what's a Hylisk or whatever it's called. But and the sound is is no different either. Yeah. Like, all the all the sound is like super just bleep bloops yes. and really generic like quote unquote epic music. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, yeah. The presentation as a whole is really lackluster, Definitely. and I know you don't play the game for that. The game is not supposed to look pretty, and it's not supposed to sound incredible, but. It could, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little bit too. But I think that's that's the kind of thing that stops games from Stardock really elevating up to the next level. Is yeah. that attention to detail on some of those things? Maybe some of it is down to the size of the company, but I don't think it is. I think you know we, we talked right at the start about the Windows customization stuff and how yeah. it like made your get made your PC run slow and was a little bit buggy and kind of weird. But it and it's like cool. I feel like that actually. I feel like it's the the company as a whole and like everything mm. that they make has a little bit of that weaved through it and sort of like a little bit lack of that final 10% um, on top to sort of like, you know, the bits around the edges, especially things like presentation for sure. Yeah, 100%. Well, it was a fun game to discuss and I knew it was going to be one that polarised us because <laughs> this is very much your wheelhouse mm. and as we've discussed quite a lot in the past... Although I do like RTS games, evident by the fact that I was singing the praise of Dawn of War for so long during this episode, yeah. I've very much in the past couple of years become much more of a turn-based strategy right. game enthusiast. I can much prefer to take my time because I feel like my choices make more immediate impact rather than sort of like a gradual progression of my choices, yeah, making a, yeah. a small change over time, like in this sort of game. But it was still really fun to play, and it was really interesting to see this very kind of condensed and focused version of the subcom Total Annihilation-style gameplay. Definitely, yeah. And it, it's very much a niche game, I think. I don't think it's going to apply to even your general strategy fans. No, but it, I agree. For the people that it's aimed at, it's probably a brilliant game for them. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely think that it is a very flawed game. I think that it does, just like you've said, I think it does the Supreme Commander style very well. And I think that it it does a decent job of adding objectives to that sort of style of game. But I think that it just, whilst it has distilled the Supreme Commander style game, it's not distilled itself. Like, and no. as a game itself, it's very, it needed more focus in its overall design. Uh, and I think that that is what it was missing. So it's kind of like it distilled the genre a bit, but just didn't wasn't distilled in, in yeah. the game itself. And it's probably not something that I'm really going to go back to beyond, you know, playing it for the game club. And, and I played it a little bit at the last LAN that we had, because as much as I've enjoyed the few hours that I've played with it and the sort of, you know, the stuff that I've tried, it's not it's just not captivating enough for me to come back no, to bring that you often. back yeah you'd rather go and play something else yeah i would i would but you know if you really really love supreme commander for example i think that it's something it's definitely not something to miss if this is the kind of game that you love because i think that it's it's a really good example of one and you and you will be used to some of the things that it does for sure but uh maybe you actually think even stronger than that listener and maybe you think that this is actually the best uh, large-scale real-time strategy game, and we we're wrong, and that actually you should yeah, maybe we missed the we point. Should, you should have to do some of those fiddly things 
in which case uh, you should let us know. It's, uh, you should email us at the subject line, oh my God, guys, you were so wrong about Ashes of the Singularity Escalation. It's um, clearly the best game ever. It's clearly the best game ever! Exclamation mark, one, 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 one. Um, and yeah, you can send that email and that subject line to show at octal.fm. Uh, or you can send us a tweet. It'll need to be a little bit shorter than that message um, to fit in. Uh, but you can send us a tweet at octal.fm. And you can come and find us on Facebook. Start a little flame war on Facebook on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash octal.fm. Uh, and if you have any ideas for any other games that you'd like us to play as part of the game club, uh, then definitely let us know that as well, because we're always on the lookout for, you know, a game that might be something that we don't both agree on or something that we wouldn't typically play or yeah, just something more interesting that we can have a discussion around rather than, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Or yeah, I didn't like it. Exactly. Definitely. Something that's got a bit of nuance to it is really good for a game club for sure. But no, it was a fun episode. Uh, I'm glad we did it, but let's go on to our uh, turn-based strategy game next time (laughs) okay fine fine uh but yeah in the meantime i've been gelada and i've been Sephron. and catch us again for another episode of octal fm very soon Itchiest nose at the end of this episode. <laughs> oh my God, I thought I was going to sneeze right at the end. <laughs>